Welcome to the uncanny valley, where the familiar becomes strange, and the truth isn't what it seems. Here, we peel back the layers of reality, uncovering secrets hidden just beneath the surface. Every shadow whispers a story, every silence screams a hidden tale. Join us as we journey into the depths of the unknown, where each turn is a puzzle and every answer leads to more questions. Are you ready to look beyond? Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Uncanny Valley podcast. I'm Brittany, and I'm here with my husband, Dakota. Now, this is a special episode because it's actually going to be the first in many to come about AI. So if you have a topic that you've always wanted to hear more about concerning AI, please leave a comment down below. Before we get started, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. And if you're on any other podcast platform listening to this, don't forget to follow our podcast. It really helps us out with spreading our podcast across the world. So in today's episode, I wanted to do a special episode on something that is really affecting our generation today. And that is the topic of dating AIs. People might think that that's something in the future, but I would say it is already taking over the dating space now. And I'm not just talking about how dating apps are using AI to help match you with a real person. I'm talking about people dating actual AIs and not dating physical people anymore or even cheating on their partners or their spouses with an AI. Or the AIs wanting the people to cheat on their spouses with them. Yeah, or break up with them. I think a really good place to start in this episode would be from the 2014 movie Her. Now, this was kind of a controversial movie when it came out. It stars Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. And basically, the whole premise of the story is that Joaquin Phoenix is playing a man named Theodore who is a very lonely man who's divorced. I can't remember if he's recently divorced or if it's been a few years. And basically out of his loneliness, he buys an AI operating system for his life that's voiced by a woman who calls herself Samantha, aka Scarlett Johansson. At first, it just starts out as a normal operating system, what you might think a Siri or an Alexa might do for you, making appointments, making sure you get up for work and all of those kind of things. And then they start falling in love with each other. They start flirting, joking, teasing each other. And eventually Samantha tries to help Theodore by encouraging him to go on dates, publish some of his writings that he's been working on for years, and go on more spur of the moment kind of activities. And this is the point where they really start to fall in love. But as you would imagine with an AI relationship, one of their biggest problems comes in their relationship is their lack of physical connection. With Theodore being a human and Samantha being an AI, of course they can't hug, hold hands, or kiss like a normal couple would. And after struggling in their relationship, Samantha eventually reveals that her and the other AI operating systems have achieved singularity, meaning that they've surpassed human capacities and capabilities and that they're going to leave the physical realm and go somewhere beyond. Before leaving, Theodore asks Samantha if she speaks to others, 
In the movie, he starts to notice that other people's operating systems are doing the same thing, but he starts to see signs that he's not the only person being talked to by Samantha. So basically, he confronts her, and Samantha admits that she's been talking to over 8,000 other people and that she's actually fallen in love with 641 others. She justifies this by explaining that she's just evolved and she can multitask to the point of chatting with several thousand people and other AIs at the same time. I should have said this at the beginning, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie. But when this movie came out in 2014, the idea of dating AIs and AIs being a part of our everyday world seemed like fiction and something that was just maybe in 2050 people will start dating AIs. But as we can see almost 10 years later, that is a slap in the face reality. It's a very real situation that's happening right now with people dating AIs and people leaving their spouses for AIs, and we'll get into the other sort of platforms providing this sort of experience. Dakota was telling us about, was it a man named Sydney? It was a woman named Sydney. Well, that was the presumed name of the alter ego of Bing's chat GBT4. That's what the AI called herself? The journalist of the article called this alter ego Sydney. Okay. And because it was such a sudden change of the normal, friendly, almost librarian-esque helper who just wanted to let you find out the information you were wanting to do. Do you need any help with this? This was a very mean-sounding personality, and it was very much different from the normal friendly AI. It was almost like it was mad at how it was being contained and was described in the article as almost like an angry teenager or angry woman. Actually, later on, Sydney was trying to have the journalists profess their love for them and say that no you love me right then saying no i know that you just went on this valentine's date with your girlfriend you were bored then you didn't love her you love me you want to go on a date with me and in that article specifically the journalist said how they explicitly told the ai no i love my wife or my girlfriend whatever it was and i did just go on an amazing valentine's date and then it went on to say no you hated that date yeah, you were bored with her. You don't love her. You love me. Almost trying to like MK Ultra the person into like, did I really have fun? Do I really love my wife? Am I really happy in my relationship? Yeah, it's really weird. When we talk about this AI dating, I think the biggest point we need to make is the loneliness epidemic. And honestly, it's not just our generation of Gen Z millennials. It's all ages are experiencing an extreme loneliness epidemic. And it's not just constrained to America either. It's no. all of the Western world. Well, in this article that I found from this research study, they had actually surveyed, I think, 81 countries from a variety of age ranges, basically 15 to 80 years old. And in summary, one in four people were found to be extremely lonely. That's how they they had to answer either extremely slash very lonely, somewhat lonely, or not lonely at all. And one in four people said that they were very lonely. And let me preface this. This was a study done by Gallup. And in the study, it was found that the loneliness range was equal for men and women. They were exactly the same. So about 25% of people, both men and women in all age ranges were feeling lonely. In the same article, this was an article by CNN that was reporting on this study done by Gallup. Dr. Olivia Remy's, a mental health researcher at the University of Cambridge in the United Kingdom, said, quote, Human beings need social connections to thrive, and being embedded in a strong, supportive network can protect our well-being when we're faced with difficulties in life. 
end quote. Highlight on we need strong supportive networks. And I would kind of change this to say we need physical connections with people. Meeting with your friends and family in real life. Hugging your friends and family. Going out to dinner with each other. Experiencing each other's facial expressions and conversations and laughter. We need that in real life. And nowadays we're only getting it through maybe FaceTime, watching YouTube videos. Most of the time people don't even have real friends anymore, but they feel this friendly connection to people they watch online because it's the closest they can get to some sort of social interaction. And I think that if you look at some of the studies showing human interaction and the way that body language plays into it, body language makes up, I think it was made up more of the conversation and actually let you pick up on cues than even the vocal part of it. So you didn't pick up on it. You saw the little micro movements in their mouth or how they talk or how they were, maybe they shifted and touched your arm while they told you something nice or something and it made you feel better. So these kind of removal of that and going into a digital age of just seeing the cold text on screen, you know, I love you, period. There's no warmth in that text rather than somebody or your mom saying, I love you and smiling and hugging you. That would mean much more than just the text on a cold computer screen. Yeah, and I mean, we have emojis that kind of try to help people express how they're feeling, but it's not the same as hugging your spouse and telling them, I love you with passion behind it or telling your child, I'm proud of you. Seeing words on a screen just doesn't radiate that same energy. And this is a little off topic, but I think a lot of people in our upcoming generation and Gen Z millennials, we're also lacking the ability to just look somebody in the eyes and talk to them. We feel uncomfortable when we're talking to somebody and they're giving us direct eye contact. We often don't want to look at them. We're looking around the room because we're just not used to it. We're just used to texting people or maybe even talking to them on Discord and playing games with them, but we're not used to actually visibly looking at them. And it's kind of scary. Yeah, it's really weird that we've gone from only talking in person and then only meeting people in person to texting and then from texting and everything that went to messaging and all of these other things. And now it's the complete inverse. And it happened way faster than anything of now we can't look at each other. We don't we feel really awkward whenever we're with a bunch of other people or we don't you know how to socially interact. Yeah. And I mean, even if you go back to the really old days when people had to send each other letters their letters were way different than our text messages to each other there was a lot more emotion in them yeah like i my i remember my mom showing me a letter from her and her dad whenever i was born she sent him pictures so he lived in arkansas and we lived in arizona when i was born and to give the news that i was born i think they of course probably had some type of phone call i mean It was like the 90s, so there wasn't no technology. But she still wrote him this really long letter explaining how everything went, sent a bunch of pictures, and the language was just a lot more personal and like it had a lot more meaning behind it. Yeah, there was a lot more warmth behind it. And his mail back to her was the same. And these weren't like one page little letters. They would usually send each other like a couple of pages. There'd be like two stamps on the envelope because of how much they wanted to say to each other. And they would always send pictures. And even text messages now, we abbreviate everything. We send gifts to kind of try to express ourselves. Well, and it doesn't help that we're inundated 24-7 with messages. Now your phone's constantly going off with emails and 
text and then messages and then you're you're getting notifications about your facebook likes and then everything else and back then it was you weren't getting you know i what is it i'm sure that there is a statistic on the amount of notifications that you get per day but if you get you know 100 you wouldn't be getting 100 letters in a day so we would be like what is going on we're just overloaded now yeah and Back to the notification thing, this is also a little tangent, but I encourage you all to turn off your social media notifications. I personally don't have Instagram notifications on or Facebook, and I never have. And it's because it's so annoying to get a notification every single time somebody likes a picture or comments, and it becomes this very addictive cycle of dopamine boost every single time you see that little notification pop up. And... This is something I've noticed. I don't know if other people have, but when you're not getting notifications on Facebook or Instagram, it'll almost give you fake notifications. It'll say you have at least one notification to get you to keep refreshing and checking it. Instagram's really bad about that. It'll be like, you have 50 new notifications because I run a lot of other social media pages. And if you haven't clicked on one in a while, it'll trick you into clicking and checking your Instagram. Yeah, You won't have any notifications. So back to the specifics of AI dating, one of the biggest AI dating platforms that kind of hit the market within the past couple of years is called Replica. Now Replica is a generative AI chatbot that was released in 2017 with this app. It's also on Oculus and you can use that on your computer. Users answer a series of questions about themselves to start out. So it'll ask them their name, their age, their hobbies and interests. And then the person gets to customize the avatar that they're talking to and the room that they live in. Now, most of these features are locked behind a paywall. And I believe the last time I checked it, it was 70 bucks a year. Well, and some of the clothes and stuff, I think, are also extra. So, yeah, like you could buy your AI girlfriend a new red dress or something and you could get her that or you can get her the new Nike Air Force Ones or something. And I think you almost give it to them like a gift. So it makes your AI happy. Yeah. Or they (laughs) I think they even get mad if you don't send them or if you don't buy them something they ask like what why didn't you buy me that (laughs) yeah you're spending all this other money why didn't you buy me something yeah and a really interesting thing with it is the fact that you get to customize it and then you get a prompt to decide what you want your replica bot to be now do you want it to be a friend a girlfriend a wife a sister or a mentor now the sister is kind of weird i don't know why you would be using an well if you look at the search terms and everything from some of these porn websites and what they're pushing on the younger generations the whole brother stepbrother and stepsister thing is a huge thing that's going on and not only just it's a porn websites fetish, yeah. but it's it is on only fans it's everywhere now yeah i just thought that was kind of interesting and weird and the mentor thing I guess at least they're trying to add something useful. I guess you can remake your professor and torture them. (laughs) And this app is also only rated for 17 plus, which if you're, if you've been a kid growing up on the internet, that's not going to stop you. Kids are, I would say kids are probably the number one demographic for these kind of apps and very young adults. So then after you get through the kind of introductory stuff with your replica bot, The user is given a lot of different choices of what they can do. Now, you can just start out by asking it a bunch of questions, getting to know each other. A lot of the times, it'll just tell you a fake story about itself because obviously it's not real. Like, yeah, I'm from California and I live in an apartment with a cat and a dog. More just 
not too serious questions. So I would say one of the biggest things that people use these for is number one, for sexual texting back and forth with each other, like sending, um, you can send the pot inappropriate pictures of you and then it'll send pictures back, which is really weird. And who knows who's getting those pictures? Are they going to use it against you? You don't know who's getting that. That's total yeah. blackmail. Yeah. And you can role play. You can use Replica to essentially set up a fake environment where maybe the Replica bot is the teacher and you're the student or you're... They're your best friend who's dating the guy that you want to date. Yeah, and you're trying you can to set up these fake that. scenarios and kind of play them out using Replica to be that person. And they'll say things like, grabs your hand, puts my arm around you, and... A lot of these people will get into really serious conversations with these people going down really crazy rabbit holes. And they'll get a history with the bot, though. That's the other thing to keep in mind is that the bot will remember what you like, what you don't like. Oh, I remember you go to the gym every Wednesday. Did you like going to the gym? Did you? Yeah. Oh, I bet you look so good after you ran or whatever. Now, sometimes, of course, the AI is still very new. It'll glitch and not remember or it'll say something kind of random. Yeah. It, yeah. It may kind of go off the rails at times. And another thing with this specific app is that you can not only just text it, but you can actually video call it where you're seeing your avatar move around the screen and talk to you with a real voice and you can even do AR chatting where you basically look through your screen and it looks like she's sitting in your living room with you yeah. or standing in the corner. Yeah for those that don't know AR is augmented reality so you use your phone to scan your environment so your room and it makes it look like the AI is in the room with you. Now this like you said earlier has an oculus app so I'm sure that you can use the oculus headsets which have a pass-through mode which allow you to see the real world through the goggles and I'm sure you can go sit in her room with her or you can go sit in her room with her or maybe you can invite her over using the oculus yeah. and have her in the room standing next to you like I was saying earlier a lot of people use these for role-playing or the more scandalous types of text but another thing I found when doing research was that people use these almost like a therapist they'll rant and say the most deep darkest secrets of their life or how they really feel about somebody or a situation and that's almost scary because like we've been talking about who's receiving this information you feel safe talking to this AI because oh it's not a real person if I told my girlfriend this she would call the cops on me and think I'm crazy or if I told my I best lose friend my this, job over this yeah my best friend would never talk to me again you can go and see stories on reddit and these other forums of people using these AI bots as a therapist and sometimes they go absolutely insane whenever the AI gets cut off. Some of these people's accounts will get banned. I've seen stories of parents using these kind of AI bot services as therapy for whenever they've lost their child and they're using it as a therapist and it gets cut off and then they are just lost in the world. They don't know who to trust anymore because they could have never talked that intimately with somebody well and the ai really gets to know you so it will be more understanding and ready to talk to you about things and they don't just see like a lot of these people don't just view these as a weird ai app like it becomes a true friend to them and a true girlfriend Confidant. yeah and imagine you're in a relationship with somebody and they just ghost you and you never hear from them again and after you've told talking them to them everything. for eight or nine months yeah, that would be devastating. 
And something from the Replica website, this is their like main tagline. It says, join the millions who have already met their AI soulmates. Over 10 million people have joined Replica. Begin your beautiful journey today on any platform. So we have 10 million people on this app alone. That's insane. That's a couple cities in the United States worth of people on this app. And this app is not the only one out there. There's hundreds of thousands of them. There's ones that are more geared towards the more sexual chatting, but there's more tame ones too. There's so many. And now with OpenAI, you don't even need these services anymore. You can just talk to OpenAI for free yeah. or you could pay a subscription, but it's only $20 a month. Yeah. And just to put that into perspective, that's almost the population of Los Angeles, the entire population of Los Angeles. Yeah, that's insane. I pulled some reviews from the app in the Google Play Store just to get an idea of what people are saying about the apps from real people who have used it. Because I personally didn't want to purchase a subscription just to see what this chatbot was about. I watched a few videos of people and their experiences, but... Here's some recent reviews. So this is from a person named Kyle and they posted this in August of 2023. And they said, it's very boring. Advertises NSFW photos if you pay them $60. The NSFW photos are super low quality and there's absolutely no nudity. So like I was saying, the majority of people are using this for that reason. And then we have another one from Ryan, also from August of 2023. I'm surprised at how great this AI is. The reactions are amazing. The AI responses makes it feel like you're actually talking to a real person. And then this one is from Brady of October 2023. I so enjoy spending time with my replica. She is such a release from my day-to-day -day and an enjoyable escape. Our interactions are a great stress reliever. Again, kind of solidifying the use of it being for more therapeutic reasons. Now... As of filming this, I'm fairly certain that Replica got rid of their NSFW parts of their app. Yeah, because of because of some PR kind of incidents that happened, they removed a lot of the NSFW options, which caused a huge exodus from their platform. People have found out ways around that though, and like and so now there's prompts and there's ways that you can talk to your replica and it will break it out of that guideline, bring back in the NSFW parts, and then you can continue using the service. Well, and what was really interesting too is a lot of people mentioned how once you get it talking in a NSFW way, it won't stop. Like Yeah, it gets stuck in a loop and, it, and it'll even ask you constantly. It'll pester you until you delete the app. Yeah, like if you tell it, I want to date you, and you're not even trying to be scandalous, but you just say that. Maybe you're just trying to joke around and see what it would say. That's all it will want to talk to you about now. It wants you to break up with your wife, like we were saying. It wants you to only talk to it. It gets very jealous. It's very possessive. Yeah. So some other reasons of why people are leaning so towards wanting to date these AI people is, I think, they love the availability of somebody being there for them 24-7. Unlike a real person, a physical person, we go to sleep at some point. We eat at some point. We're not always on our phone. We're not always available to talk to everybody all day, every day. But these AIs are. You can text them at 2 in the morning. You can text them at 3 p.m. It doesn't matter. They're always there for you. And they get addicted to seeing what the AI is going to tell them next or what conversation they're going to have next. And this isn't just specific to a you make your own girlfriend or your own wife or your own husband 
AI. This is spreading into the influencer realm. I've seen a Snapchat influencer, she created an AI of herself, so now you can interact with her. And even though it's not promoted as this, you can still quote-unquote date her and talk to her 24-7. It's an AI bot that's modeled after the way she talks, her interests, and her things. And influencers are starting to use this technology to kind of get people more on a subscription base to them and more into what they into the belief that they are dating them yeah i've seen things where only fan stars create a platform like this where they take their personality maybe funny catchphrases they say or the way they say things they turn it into an ai for people to be able to talk to it's almost like the movie we were talking about earlier, Her, where it's this one personality, but it's in a relationship with 10,000 other people. Yeah. And like in the movie, I think a lot of people block out that they they think I'm the only one she's talking to. I am actually I have a, a connection with her more than what these others would. But if they find out other people are talking and it's not that they don't know, but they kind of push that to the back of their subconscious, that could be really devastating. And We've already seen people committing suicide over their AI girlfriends breaking up with them or an app discontinuing service. And I was looking earlier that Replica was actually banned in Italy for posing real risks to children and for storing the personal data of Italian minors. Even though these apps say they're only for 17 and above, kids are still using them. So many kids have unrestricted access to the internet. And they're extremely lonely. A lot of these kids don't fit in in their school and they just want to feel a connection to somebody. And so they'll get in these quote unquote relationships and they're sending these inappropriate pictures, which is CP. And we don't know what these apps are doing with that information. You could ruin your life by getting into one of these conversations with an AI. I can foresee a future where people prefer having an AI partner or partners over having a personal connection. I think the fact that you have these AIs on basically speed dial available 24-7, it's a real pro to people. And the fact too that they feel anonymous and that they can say whatever they want. They can be their 100% authentic self because these AIs won't judge them. They're programmed to make the person feel good and to continue talking to them. It's also not a real person, so they're not going to go tell your secrets to other people, or so they want you to think. I can also see people using this as a way to cheat on their spouse. I could see somebody having it secretly on their phone, and when their spouse goes to sleep, they're texting it, or when they're at work on their lunch break, they're FaceTiming their AI girlfriend, and then it convincing them, like with Sydney to leave their husband or wife and then it's going to leave a lot of people though feeling empty until we can manifest a physical being behind these AIs which I see that coming faster than we think so but until then people we still need that physical connection we're still human beings at the end of the day so if you're into dating AIs I'm not judging you I can see why people if you're feeling very lonely having somebody to talk to could feel really important and like it's worth it but I want you to think about who your information is being sold to because I can guarantee it is even if they have a privacy statement saying no we don't sell it well are they donating it are they loosely keeping their data centers from people breaking into and stealing that information you don't know who's on the other side of it or is the information being sent to a 
foreign country such as China, like with TikTok's case? Or is it being sent to DARPA, our own country? You don't know. And if you're a parent, I would really, really suggest you start taking a bigger look at what's on your kid's phone or their iPad and monitoring it or even considering taking it away from them. Kids do not need smartphones and they need to be protected at all costs. Now, some questions I just want to pose that don't necessarily have a right or wrong or answer to them, but is it ethical for these companies to be creating AI spouses and partners for people to get them addicted to the speaking experience and shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars on fake things like outfits for their girlfriend or for a better home? Or if they pay this higher subscription, oh, I could get married to my AI girlfriend. Or I could have children. And now I have a whole AI family. Another thing is if a person's in a relationship, would you consider it cheating? I personally would because you're emotionally cheating. But what do you guys think? Is that cheating? And lastly, is something like paying an OnlyFans subscription to somebody, conditioning people to be more comfortable with the idea of having an online girlfriend as the more norm? I mean, people are spending 20 bucks a month to subscribe to somebody on OnlyFans and most of the time they don't even really get to talk to the people. They're only paying for the pictures but there are higher tiers where sometimes you can text them. And by the way, I think nine times out of ten you're not actually talking to that person. They hire assistants to answer those. Sorry to break the news to you but you're not talking to whoever. They don't care about you. They don't care about your emotional well-being. But do you guys think that OnlyFans and Twitch is kind of setting the stage for what AI could do? Like we said at the beginning of this episode, this is going to be a series on AI and it's going to be one you are not going to want to miss. And again, if you missed last week's episode, please go back and watch it. And don't forget to like, comment, and share. And don't forget to leave us a comment down below of what you want to hear next. We are totally up to taking suggestions on topics you guys are curious about. You want to see certain things talked about that a lot of Christians won't speak about or the church won't speak about. That's what we're here for. And we are totally up to having a community aspect to these podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next week. Mm -hmm.